pilot episode. My name is Julia. This is my co-host, Rye. Hello! So our topic today is PSL. Okay. For anybody who doesn't know, can you tell us what a PSL is? A PSL is a pumpkin spice latte. It is a delicious dairy treat, or non-dairy, depending on what you want. It's a delicious coffee treat that is beloved and hated across the spectrum of people. There's one, actually, a coffee shop by my house sells a version of it. It's a little mom and pop. It's not a Starbucks, But they sell a coffee called The Basic Witch. And it has, it's basically a PSL, but it has, like, pumpkin whipped cream. And, oh my god. Cover me in pumpkin whipped cream. It's delicious. Is it also seasonal? Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. So today in my thorough research of the PSL, I actually went out to a Starbucks and got the basic bitch drink. Love it. So I think right now, since I just said it, a good trigger warning for anybody going forward is that we are going to be cussing. Yes. This is not a child-friendly podcast. If cussing is not what you want your kids to hear. And then this particular topic is a little bit lighter, but we may touch on some deeper, heavier topics. So we will give proper trigger warnings when we do that. But just so you know, since this is our pilot, keep that in mind. We're still learning. So I tried the PSL today. I had it with whipped cream. Oh, tasty. So my initial reaction, I used to actually not like coffee, like at all. So anything pumpkin that I enjoyed was something else. I think I've even had pumpkin hot chocolate. That sounds interesting. But the pumpkin spice latte, from most people's perspective, either comes from a Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the pumpkin spice latte, for the most part, is up until, I think, last year, hasn't had any actual pumpkin in it. Really? It is the spice that goes into a pumpkin pie. Last year, uh, Starbucks had announced that they were putting actual pumpkin in their pumpkin spice lattes. Well, okay, before, wasn't it like a pumpkin-flavored syrup? Yes. Okay, so there was pumpkin flavoring. Yeah, what that entails, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I haven't done the scientific research on the uh, actual concoction of the secret formula. The secret formula! Yeah, the secret formula of what is the pumpkin spice syrup. Okay, because like for a second, I thought that I was just having this massive placebo effect where I'm tasting pumpkin where there was none. But there was the pumpkin flavor, just no actual pumpkin. Yeah, it's funny too, because in my research, what I had found was that a lot of people who like pumpkin spice had argued that pointing out that there's no pumpkin in the pumpkin spice latte was the equivalent of Frankenstein is the name of the doctor of the 21st century. Like, that was their version of that argument. And I'm like, that makes sense. Like, just the, um, I'll have you know, push his glasses to the middle of your forehead. Did you know? Um, actually. Just mansplain a PSL to us. Yeah, the, the most basic white girl drink. And you're gonna mansplain it to me? Okay, so my next question for you is, what does a PSL represent to you? So, okay, um, for those of you who don't know, Julie and I live in California. Different ends of California, but we live in California. So California has like two and a half seasons, right? We have spring, no, we have summer, we have spring, and then like half of winter. We don't really have anything else, um, especially in like the me- metropolitan areas. So for me, a pumpkin spice latte is like, this is fall, right? It is the, it is the pinnacle of fall where I live because we don't get like the pretty brown, orange, red leaves. We don't get the, 
the wafting of leaves falling out of trees. We don't really get a lot of like the crisp, cool air. Like it doesn't really happen for Californians. So the PSL is allow like allows me to transport myself and my mind and my state of being to somewhere where there is all that. Where you can just go to a really nice pumpkin patch and, you know, spend the day and you can wear your flannel, your jeans, your boots, and you can just have a day. And it's just like that, that feeling of like the crunchy leaves under your boot, the crisp air, the, you know, all that stuff. That's what the PSL does for me. That, that's what it is for me. My next question is, do you know the history behind the PSL? I don't. No, I just... What what I think when I think of like the history of PSL, I just think of like a money grab and a damn good one because they got my money every year. It's a little bit of that. So basically, I'm going to go a little bit into the Starbucks version of the history. So Peter Dukes was the director of the Espresso Americas from Starbucks. And he uh-huh. actually started developing the flavor of the PSL back in January um, 2004. Two or no, two thousand three. Sorry. So, so yeah, that's as far back as the flavor went. Comparatively, pumpkins are believed to have originated from Central America seventy five hundred years ago. They're among the first crops of human consumption in North America. The pre-Columbian natives grew them for their flesh. One of the first American pumpkin recipes was from the sixteen hundreds. And today, the most popular way to prepare pumpkins is pumpkin pie. And that tradition started in the 1800s. Dang. So this information I got is from PBS.org. The Daily Meal is where I got the information about Starbucks. Uh-huh. And that continues on to say that, what is it? Dukes had said, we saw the success that we were having with the peppermint mocha and eggnog latte seasonal beverages. We wanted to expand in the fall period. So peppermint and eggnog actually came before the PSL, but they're not as widely controversial or what is widely known. Yeah, I remember that. The eggnog was not that good. Uh, I'm gonna throw it out there. It just was not that good. Like, didn't the PSL come out in, like, 2008? According to my sources, it came out in 2003. Ah, I was close. And it had its height of the most popularity, the most everything in 2014. Okay. Yeah, well, it's still well known. Again, that was only, like, seven years ago. Yeah. So... That's kind of when it got to its peak of, like, basic, everybody loves this, everybody hates this. That's when everybody knew about it. Everyone was buzzing about it. Which is weird that it took that long and it had been out since 2003, 2004. Uh Uh-huh. So a little bit about the history of coffee is that it dates back to 850 AD. Wow. The earliest credible evidence of coffee drinking appears in the middle of the 15th century. um, And it was traditionally used for spiritual reasons. I think it it still is. It might be in a lot of cultures. And I got this information from Wikipedia. So if anybody wants to research that, coffee is a couple of things, right? And this is, yeah, this is just my knowledge. I don't have any resources to back this up. But if we do touch upon coffee a little bit more deeper, I will most definitely go into the research of this because there is a plethora of research. Plethora. Um, so coffee is a stimulant. Yeah. It is a diuretic. Yes. That's why I get the coffee poops. It is a blood thinner. Coffee thins your blood. Yeah. And so because it's a diuretic, it affects your digestive system, either making you number one or number two more often, more 
frequently, more regularly. Some people use coffee to regulate themselves. If you suffer from anything like anxiety or even depression, it can affect that. Uh-huh. Not necessarily positively. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a, that's definitely a thing. Combine that with what is the PSL, right? And we've got this nostalgic fall flavor, this uh-huh. fake nostalgia for you of like what I wish fall could be. Exactly. Or I want to just like drink pumpkin flavored coffee and have maple syrup covered pancakes while wearing flannel, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. With like the fireplace going. Oh, yeah. 100%. What you want versus what you have, then combine it with something like it's a stimulant, it's a diuretic, it's affecting your depression or your anxiety. You know, it's there's a lot going on. There's a lot in there, yeah. Or my undiagnosed ADHD. Yeah, I imagine it probably affects your ADHD as well. So that's that's what we've got there. Yeah, yeah. This little cup of joe. This little flavored spice cup of joe. Yeah. I remember back in 2012 when I was in junior college that I kind of went on a pumpkin binge and I wanted to gather up as many pumpkin flavored things as I could. Uh Uh-huh. Surprisingly, there weren't that many. Yeah. And this is in 2012, where the height of the PSL came in 2014 wouldn't have been for me another two years. Yeah, so like corporations wouldn't have picked up on it yet. Yeah, so I went to the store. I was able to get pumpkin flavored bagels. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I was able to get pumpkin flavored creamer. I was able to get pumpkin flavored, I think it was like frosted bread and pumpkin pie. Uh-huh. Because what ended up happening was I had a friend who worked with me at the school cafeteria at my junior college and she had made, handmade, little mini pumpkin flavored bagels for me. Yeah. And so she she brought me some. And so I went to the store to kind of, you know, say thank you and kind of give her a gift as well. Brought her a like smorgasbord of pumpkin flavored stuff that I could find. Yeah. Because we had basically gone on like a conversation while working about how we both loved fall, we both loved pumpkin stuff, but we didn't see very much of it. You can't say that today. Yeah, all we had to do was wait two years. Yeah. So yeah, that's my experience with how pumpkin kind of came about in my life. Um, And honestly, personally, because I wasn't at the time such a huge fan of coffee, I hadn't really gained the taste for the bitter yet. Yeah. So can you tell me... And this is just based off of the 8-ounce version. How many calories are in the PSL? Oh, I'd rather not think about it. (laughs) I don't know. It's just one of those things that I know it's going to be a lot, and I don't care. Like, you make those decisions for yourself as an adult. Like, sometimes I'll care. That's not one of those times. Like, I'm not out buying a PSL every single day. I couldn't handle that flavor profile every single day. But when I do, I just want to enjoy it. Yeah. So in an eight ounce serving, there are 210 calories. Oh yeah. And this is the, this is the short, this is the smallest one, the one I got today. That contains 27 grams of sugar and 75 milligrams of caffeine. And this is based on a 2000 calories a day diet. This is what they've listed on their website. And then we can go a little bit more into the ingredients here. As I'm looking at it on their website, if you're interested, it is listed on starbucks.com. It's in their menu product information. This is for anybody to see. Uh-huh. And this is just without anything else added to it. Yeah. But as I'm looking at it, they have milk, pumpkin spice sauce, which contains sugar, condensed skim milk, pumpkin puree, as of 2020, and contains two or less 
of fruit and vegetable juice for color, along with some other things, natural flavors, salt, potassium sorbet. And then for this pumpkin spice topping, it has cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, clove, and I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, but sulfitting agents. I don't know what that means. So those are, those are the actual spices. Cinnamon, nutmeg being the most prevalent, ginger and clove being the other two. Yeah. Ginger is really interesting too that you would have that. Because I mean, it makes sense, but it must be in a very small amount because ginger is very powerful. Ginger is very powerful. Yeah. But I can, it, I mean, I don't, I've never tasted, like, I've never been able to isolate that ginger taste, but it probably brings a nice, like, tang to it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So... Now that we've listed the actual ingredients and you know this, I mean, we've gone over it a little bit, but how do you feel about knowing all of that in this little eight ounce cup? The sugar, the amount of calories, the amount of caffeine you're getting, all of that. Um, I mean, I don't really feel a whole lot different. Uh, we all knew it was going to be packed full with crazy ingredients. So that's kind of to be expected, especially when they're mass producing it. So it's harder to use fresher, less ingredients, uh, because you have to add preservatives when you're making it in mass quantities like Starbucks has to, uh, cause they've got to ship it all across the country. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. It just seems logical at that point that they'd have like all those ingredients. As per flavor profile, I'm pretty impressed about the ingredients that they, they put in the flavor profile. Cause like, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. I mean, some of the ones I didn't miss or didn't mention because they seem pretty standard. Brewed espresso, yeah. whipped cream, vanilla syrup. Like, you'd expect that. Yeah. But then you've got over here, you've got ginger and clove. Pureed pumpkin. Things that you just didn't expect, especially, I would say, in the height of the PSL in 2014. Yeah. So, I would say they've been listening to their criticism. Yeah. And acting upon it. Yeah. Which is a lot of the, like, people like, there's no actual pumpkin in it. And like, here you go. Here you go. Um, clove doesn't surprise me at all because if you make a spice cake, the three main spices that go into it are cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. So whenever I think anything that says spice, I, I immediately think of clove. Yeah, for me, I would think like, depending on the spices, cinnamon, nutmeg is usually what I would put like on my French toast. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put clove on my pancakes. Or my French toast. So clove, like, I just think of the little cloves, the little ones that my grandmother used to put when she would make, like, a holiday roast or, like, yeah. a holiday ham. Yeah. You know, just putting those all over it. And I'm like, I would not think to put that in my coffee. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's real good. Yeah. So that is definitely, for me, that's very interesting. The ginger doesn't quite, like, surprise me as much because I imagine if what the amount that's in there is very small. Yeah. But clove is the one that I'm like... What? Really? Yeah, and for me, it's the opposite. Okay. Um, so that's that's as far as I wanted to go on the um, nutritional information. Did you have anything else to add? Just that don't worry about that shit. Do what makes you happy, honestly. Diet culture and the fads and all that, fuck them. Like, no body is built the same. And if you enjoy a PSL, get a PSL. And if you're, for whatever your dietary reasons, you need to go dairy-free, go dairy-free. It's not going to change the flavor profile that much. It's really not. Live happily. The one thing I wanted to touch upon is you said, you had mentioned, like, you couldn't handle the flavor profile every day. No. So does that make this, like, a special occasion drink for you? Or is it, like, a when you can get it? Like, how often would you say you drink the PSL? 
So I don't go to Starbies every single day. I really don't go very often. So when I do go, I can get a PSL every single time, but it's not necessarily like a special occasion. You know, if I feel like I'm in the mood to have it, I will get it because I'm not the huge pumpkin fan. I, aesthetically, I love pumpkins. I would surround myself in pumpkins. Flavor-wise, not a big fan. Not a big fan of pumpkin pie. Not a big fan of, like, the pumpkin logs. So the pumpkin flavor profile, I can only have, like, in small, like, micro doses. Because it's just too sweet. It tends to be overcompensated and too sweet for me. So it's just more of like a when I feel like it type of thing. So if you think about pumpkin, you usually think about sweet stuff, right? Yeah. Um, how do you feel about cooked pumpkin and cooked squash? Oh, I love it. No spices, nothing else, just literally as a vegetable. I love it. It's so good. One of my favorite soups is butternut squash soup. So good. And then like one year for Thanksgiving, I made a baked like mixed squash side where it was just like acorn squash, it was yams, it was butternut squash, and I clean out the insides, I cut it all up, I baked them all together, and it was so good. So good. It's probably my favorite meal. If you're not hungry when you started listening to this, you're gonna be hungry by the time we're done. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll never touch a PSL again. I don't know. I either way, live your best live your best life. Live happily. So when I was reading into the PSL, uh, I had come across a Vox.com uh, website. Uh -huh. The Vox article I found had mentioned the main criticism of the PSL is that it is basic. What does that mean to you? Uh, basic. That's a complicated term because it has become a slur for white women, which is a bag to unpack in itself. But basic, in my understanding and the way that I exist... It just means it's expected. Oh, of course you did. Oh, of course. I expected that. That's so predictable. You're so basic. Like, of course you like PSLs. Of course. And it's just kind of like that condescending concept where like, well, I, like they've got their nose in the air like, well, I like this complicated indie drink. Like, I'm not so, so simple-minded and so simple-palated to enjoy a pumpkin spice latte to enjoy something so so basic and i'm just like get off your high horse get get down so the vox article mentions another article that they had read from and had said something along the lines of when men enjoy something they elevate it yeah but when women enjoy something they ruin it they being the men yeah how does that make you feel do you think that's correct or do you have any criticism on that it is just how the patriarchy has has conditioned us as members of society. So like women get hobbies and we get laughed at. Like women in gaming, women who want to crochet, women who want to cr create, they get mocked. And then when, when we're in the gaming space, it's women are taking all the viewers. Women can't game and, and all this stuff. It's like, oh, you're a woman who likes gaming? <laughs> Name every game ever. And then there's a bunch of gatekeeping that comes with it. But men aren't subject to that same kind of scrutiny and gatekeeping, which, you know, no one should be. I'm not saying that they should be. No one should be. I'm just saying that, you know, these communities need to shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Let me exist. Like, I'm not, I'm not criticizing you on your poor hygiene, okay? You can just go exist in your 
and you're not showered a month or, you know, using your three-in-one cleanser, whatever it is that you got at the dollar store. Like, I'm not sitting here gatekeeping hygiene. Don't gatekeep my, my hobbies that literally have nothing to do with you. They have nothing to do with you. I don't exist in the same space as you. I don't exist in this space for you. Just shut the fuck up. So, in other words, don't gatekeep your pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, and there's so much garbage in the world between the wars, politics, international relations, and social issues, economic issues, that, like, we're finding joy in something as little as a coffee. Like, is it really that big a deal to break someone down over finding joy in this garbage fire of a world that our generations ahead of us, the generations before us have created that like, does it make you feel better to tear us down for enjoying a coffee? So touching upon that, the Vox article goes on to say that the topic for girly food crazes like acai bowls and pumpkin spice versus manly ones like barbecue flavored chips and flaming hot cheetos and ipas and i think you'd mentioned the ipas earlier i know flaming hot cheetos personally as not necessarily being a gender-based food uh, i'm not going to pick apart this person's argument uh -huh. but i do know that i've don't know of any guys personally that like pumpkin spice do you no not particularly i don't know any guys who like go out and get it but really fast like food has no gender it doesn't and that's that's the issue is people are giving gender to things that have no gender clothes have no gender words have no gender words can describe gender and food has no gender color has no gender. This also isn't to say that guys are not allowed to like the PSL. They are oh. most definitely welcome to have it whenever they want. It's just for some reason over the past few years has been associated with a basic bitch. Yeah, with women. Yes. And, and the most basic of women. Yeah, but that's essentially where they went with that. And I thought that was really interesting to kind of go into. And we can dive into the deeper aspects of that in the future, if anybody's interested. But again, I definitely agree with you on the terms that food doesn't have a gender. And the idea that pumpkin spice has for some reason been associated with femininity, which, you know, if it was an empowering thing, great. But it has not been. No. It has been in a lot of ways like very derogatory yeah which almost makes me want it more <laughs> because i'm like fuck you i'll do what i want exactly just shut the fuck up and give me my coffee a little bit further into the article they go in to mention another article that is by buzzfeed what it essentially goes into is that unique taste and the capacity to avoid the basic is a privilege yeah. And it's usually based on where you're born. So the exposure to different foods, the exposure to different tastes comes from where you live and your background. Yeah. Can you specifically name anything that you eat that, for example, our friends over in England may not have had? And we've had plenty of conversations about this. Um, and I've actually been watching a lot of crea like a creator on TikTok who is um, UK based and he's trying American stuff. And so like the shit that he's been trying that he's never had before because they just don't have it in the UK just blows my mind. Like they don't have root beer. Root beer is an American thing. And I never realized that until watching his content because he wanted to try a root beer float, which is also something that they've just like, they're like soda and ice cream together, gross. And over here it's, it's 
very common. It's it's considered patriotic. It's just like, you know, Fourth of July, fireworks, cake, and root beer floats, like hot dogs, hamburgers. You know, it's all it's a part of the the whole scheme. But so privilege, it's hard to see it when you have it because you don't know anything else and you just see what you have to complain about. And until it's brought to your attention that, hey, this the this thing that you're complaining about is a privilege, like it's hard to, it's, and it's a hard pill to swallow. That's definitely a hard pill to swallow because at least in America, we have food deserts where the option for people to eat and to stay alive is that they've got cheap, overproduced, over chemicalized food or fast food. And they've got to feed a family of three, four, five people on like less than $20. How do you do that? How do you do that every single day? You have to do that by buying these cheaper, lower quality foods and that's how you kind of fall into those stereotypes. And it's like, yeah, sure, buy vegetables, but how are you gonna feed routinely someone like five days a week on X amount of food? Especially when you only have X amount of storage. You don't necessarily have the amount of space that someone of more privilege is gonna have to hold these foods for a longer period of time. What I wanted to point out is that it's not saying that having unique tastes is privilege, it is a privilege based on where you live. Yeah. Um, and privilege is often like associated with a being a bad term, you know, and not to get a little bit too controversial, but I just want to say white privilege is often associated with, you know, not having to deal with a lot of the socioeconomic and racial tensions that people who are not white have to deal with. Yeah. So that is not quite what we're talking about no. here. We're talking about it is a privilege that you would get based on where you live. Um, you don't have to be of any racial or age or anything to understand what this means. Case in point, uh, and I hope I'm saying this right, I've heard other people say it completely different and correct me if I'm wrong, but elote? Yeah, elote. Our friends in the UK don't know what that is. And when we explained it to them, their initial reaction was like, eww. Yeah. And when I explained to them what, um, I'm trying to remember specifically what it was called, um, and I, you could probably tell me. It's the Canadian dish with gravy on it. Poutine? Poutine, yeah. Okay. So poutine. They had the same reaction when I told them what poutine was. Yeah. And I've personally never had authentic poutine. I've also never had authentic Cajun food because I don't live in that area. So the, that's, you know, again, a privilege that comes with where you live and who you live around. For us, we know what a lote is. For us, we happen to know what it's like to not have winter or fall yeah so yeah and and you know economics can have a big big impact on that privilege um low economic stance has similar privilege as high economic stance high economic stance you just have the opportunity financially to explore your palate whereas low economics you deal with what you've got you've got street food uh, you're more likely to purchase street food, which is an amazing culture in and of itself. I love street food. And California has some amazing street food. If you ever come to California, try the street food. Ask a local what the good, what the street food around is. You're not going to be disappointed. I guarantee it. And elote is a street food in California. But, like, there's nothing better than, like, 2 a.m. You can't sleep. You're hungry. You got $5. You run down to the to the taco stand on the freaking corner 
and you get some tacos, and it's great. But yeah, yeah, I, I mean, Elote, like the further down you get from California, the closer you get to the border, the more of this authentic Hispanic and Mexican cuisine you're going to experience just organically. I mean, that's just to kind of go back into what what a privilege it might be to experience your own local tastes and not quite understand what that means. Yeah, and like I'd mentioned to begin with, I have a local coffee shop that makes their version of a pumpkin spice latte. That is a privilege. Some places, some towns, all they have is a Starbies, and it's their only access point to getting anything remotely like it. So I also wanted to mention that Starbucks is, I would say, world-renowned at this point. Yeah. So anywhere in the U.S. slash anywhere in the country or country, the world, can experience the same things we're experiencing. It's kind of a way of bringing one taste, one flavor, and giving it to, to everyone. So now the nation can either love or hate PSLs together. Yeah. Whereas somebody in the UK, somebody in the East Coast, they don't know specifically when we talk about, oh yeah, Lodi's so great, or oh, I hate it. Like, they don't know that. They don't understand what we're talking about. There are specific chains located based on where you live. Like, say, the southern states have Whataburger, and we have In-N-Out. Yeah. I've never had Whataburger. I've not either. And I know people who've never had In-N-Out, who've never had Dutch Bros. They don't even know what that is. Yeah. I didn't even have any Dutch bros until I went to Nevada and saw my, went, went and visited my best friend because for, for where I am, there wasn't a Dutch bros for a long time. There's now a Dutch bros that's like an hour away from me, but the closest Dutch bros was like two hours from me in any direction, which was insane. Yeah. It's, um, and I think Sonic is another chain that is very like well known, but not very widely found. I know growing up, my hometown didn't have a Sonic, but I kept getting Sonic commercials. And I'm like, can we go to Sonic? Can we go to Sonic? My mom's yeah. like, Sonic is like three hours away. Yeah. We're not going to Sonic for food. Yeah. Now my hometown has a Sonic. So it's just really interesting. I see the different foods, the different chains and everything. And the one thing I can say about the PSL is regardless of your feelings, good or bad, you know about it. Yeah. And you know about it because of Starbucks. You've had a conversation about it. Yeah. You've either heard somebody say something, you've either never tried it and never will, or you've never tried it and you want to. There's, you know, essentially the privilege of having this local food has been taken away from the PSL by Starbucks. And not in a bad way. Yeah. But it is definitely something that, you know, I can go talk to somebody from a different country. I can go talk to somebody from the other side of my country and they'll know what a PSL is. Even if they don't know anything else about my state, my country, they know what a PSL is. Yeah. Um, It is both famous and infamous, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to talk on was how much a PSL costs. It can depend on where you live. I think basically in our state, or at least in our country, the price might be universal. Another thing about having a PSL from anywhere else is the price is going to differ. Mom and pops might be more expensive or less expensive. Yeah. Chains might be less expensive depending on demand and the popularity. The particular PSL I've had, and again, we're in America, so I'm going to use dollars, was just over $4 for a short, for eight ounces. Yes, for eight ounces. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, here's the thing. Like, the prices of products ideally 
should represent the influ the inflation of the cost of living wherever you're buying the drink because that drink the money it's going to break down into ingredients it's going to break down into freight it's going to break down into production costs and development it's going to break down into paying the people that made it paying the people that developed it paying the people who advertise it who do all the marketing for it so it kind of at a certain point it breaks down into pennies on the drink but i think that as long as as we understand that it has to represent that these companies are paying their workers fairly so do you think it's too much or too little i don't think it's too much or too little i don't have an opinion that way because i don't feel like as someone who has not taken the time to create a product that is as popular as the pumpkin spice latte it is not my expertise nor is it my lane to determine the value of it because i don't have i've never created a drink that everyone across the nation knows and talks about and has an opinion about so who am i to create an opinion on how much that should cost how much that's worth. I try to I try to just kind of stay in my lane about that because you don't want to undervalue things because then that's how, like you get into the habit, you're like, oh, Starbucks is too expensive. And then you get to the mom and pops who might be a little bit more expensive because their costs are greater per capita. And you're like, oh, that's too expensive. I'm just going to go to Starbucks. They're expensive, but at least I can afford that. And then you've got this perpetuating negativity towards the value of products when yeah like 20 30 years ago the same drink probably would have been half the price if not a third of the price but here's the thing the price of wages has not followed the cost of living so it's not appropriate for us to determine the value of a product based on our opinions the only reason i brought that up is because one of the factors that may determine hate or love for a PSL is whether or not you can actually afford one. I just wanted to point out that the hate for a PSL may not be the actual hate for the PSL itself. It may be the dislike for the privilege of having one. The fact that the person who dislikes it may not be able to afford or even want to spend that kind of money on a coffee every day, every other day, when they can go get a coffee versus those of us who can, it's a privilege to be able to do that that we may take for granted. Posting the Instagram photos and being like, can't wait for fall, just got my first PSL. And meanwhile, you've got somebody who is on food stamps, yeah. who can't even afford to buy Starbucks coffee from the grocery store, let alone go buy a hot coffee from their, you know, from an actual Starbucks location. And it just kind of puts things in perspective. It's not about like live your best life, have what you can have. Some people can't even do that. And so a lot of it is this empathy for their specific placement. Uh -huh. You can't necessarily negate somebody's dislike and a, you know their want to put you down for what you like based on what their background might be, because you don't know that. Uh -huh. But keeping that in mind is another way to think like, well, this person may not be able to afford it, or they may be, it, you know, it's one thing if it's not your taste. Yeah. But it's another thing entirely if it's like, the PSL is everything I hate about corporate capitalism because I can't afford it and they're really pushing it on me as a person and, you know, I can barely, like, 
eat cereal every morning, you know, something like that. Yeah. The privilege of like where you live and what you get to eat also may be not so much a privilege in your eyes because that's all you can afford. Yeah. So here's the thing. We've created this culture, this comparison culture where it's like, well, why is this X way if, if my equally, you know, bad thing is this uh, Y way? It's like, you can't, we've gotten into the habit of bringing ourselves up by bringing each other down. And we need to separate ourselves from that as quickly as possible because that's toxic. Because I'm sure we've all seen it. The why is, you know, why should we push for insulin to be free if my cancer treatment is X, Y, and Z price? It's like, okay, let's not bring down the people who need insulin to stay alive just to make you feel better about your cancer treatment or whatever, because both situations are are awful to be in, because either way, you're relying on modern medicine to stay alive. But so I think that just kind of separating yourself from that jealous, from that jealousy, from that envy, from that comparison culture that we've created, but saying that, you know, I'm going to hate on Stacy because she posts a PSL twice, three times a week when I can't afford to get one even once a month, that's not healthy. And that's honestly not where your priorities as a person should should be. You shouldn't be sitting around comparing yourself to Stacy. I understand that we fall into that habit, but we need to to move towards living happily without comparing ourselves to Stacy's, if that makes sense. Because bringing me down or bringing Stacy down is not going to make you any happier. It's just going to make two sad people. Another thing, too, is that the idea of what makes somebody basic is that the only reason they enjoy things like the PSL is because nearly every part of American commercial media has told them that's what they should like. And that kind of, to me, in my personal opinion, implies that somebody who is quote-unquote basic does not have their own tastes. They only like what they're told to like. They only like what media says they should like. Uh-huh. Um, how do you personally feel about that? Look, I'm going to like what I'm going to like. I'm going to dislike what I'm going to dislike. No amount of media is going to help or harm that. And I, I just like... I like pumpkin spice lattes. I, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pie. Nothing is pushed harder for holiday seasons than pumpkin pie. Like, if that were the case, I would like pumpkin pie just based on the fact that it's pushed. I, I, I can have, like, a half a slice of pumpkin pie before I'm tired of it. I, I just gotta... I'd rather have something else. And I just think that's a cheap way to gatekeep and to bring people down. It's lazy, it's harmful, it helps no one. It doesn't make you feel better, and it definitely doesn't make me feel better. And like, just do better. Like, it's not that hard. So there are plenty of like examples of out, out there of what a basic person is and what a basic person likes. Yeah. There are also plenty of examples of infamous food items that continue to be pushed by popular media or they're continuously brought up in popular media as though, like, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. My prime example is Peeps. Oh, I love Peeps. Yeah. Most people in the media present them as this disgusting, marshmallowy, gross Easter holiday treat. And 
it's just marshmallow covered in sugar. It should be exact. Exactly. So to like them, you're considered this other, this disgusting person. How dare you like peeps? Peeps are so gross. Yeah. My argument is that because hating on peeps is so common, that that alone makes you basic. Under the same logic, yeah. Yeah. Liking the popular PSL makes you basic. The, you know, thus and foremost, if you do not like peeps and you openly hate them, you're just as much basic based on that logic. Yeah. But I just kind of wanted to mention that because it's definitely a situation where people will mention basic, not understanding that by using that term to describe somebody who likes something, you're also kind of putting yourself in that basic situation just on the other side of the, you know, board, if you will. And it's unnecessarily harmful. Do you have anything else to add about pumpkin spice have you learned anything that you want to keep note of did you want to talk about anything that like we didn't touch upon no i think we covered it all i mean let people live let people enjoy their what they enjoy let them enjoy what they like because this dumpster fire of a world that we have created we have not protected the world so whatever joy you can find don't gatekeep that enjoy it and even if you can only afford it once a season, or if you can afford it three times a season, enjoy it and don't bring others down. Like, bringing others down isn't going to bring you up. And I think that's, like, the moral of the story for me because that's how I've always, that's how I've always operated with pumpkin spice latte. It lists, at minimum, pumpkin spice latte. Like, them liking it is not going to hurt me. And if I were to dislike it, it's not going to hurt them. So again, my name's Julia, and this is Rye. Hello. So Rye, do you want to tell people what you've got going on, where they can find you? Yeah, so uh, my name is Rye, like she mentioned, and I am at The Okayist. I stream Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturdays uh, from 2 to 6. On average, I stream about 4 hours. You can also find me on Twitter. It's at the okayest, T-H-3, O-K-A-Y-E-S-T. My brand is that I'm not very good. I'm just okay. And we have fun along the way. And I talk a lot of stuff. So if you want to come hang out, if you want to come talk to me between episodes, you can come see me in stream. If you want to talk to me just between stream, come hit me up on Twitter. Uh, again, it's at the okayest, T-H-3, O-K-A-Y-E-S-T. And so that's pretty much where you can find me. My name's Julia, and I am LoserBB on all platforms. Um, if you find me on Twitter, it is LoserBB with two eyes at the end, because LoserBB was already taken. On Twitch, it's LoserBB. I have a fan house. It's also at the okayest. We are going to be pre-releasing these episodes a day early, I believe we discussed. Uh, on the fan house. So if you want to get the episodes a day early, uh, you can subscribe to my fan house. It's $3.50 American. It is cheaper than a Twitch sub. And uh, fan house is a great, a great platform. I really believe in it. And they give their, they give their uh, creators a massive cut of the, of the funds. So that's, that's kind of what I wanted to say. And please give us a f consider giving us a five star review wherever you listen to this, Spotify, Google, uh, wherever Stitcher, wherever you happen to listen to this. Please leave us a five star review. If we get some really cool reviews, we might read them. So yeah, say hello. Give us a five star review. Tell us you love us. Give us all of that affirmation so we can't bear to give ourselves. All right, uh, that's everything we have. So I think we're good. All right, thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.